From Comerica Park to Jackson Field, we've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios, we make friends by accident. On the game, 7.30 a.m. The views and positions expressed in this program are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the views and positions of the game 730 a.m. Some may find the content of this program controversial or offensive. Put on your big boy pants and buckle up. This isn't the safe space for weak takes or whining. You can say that this sports radio show is offensive-minded. Call the show at 517-300-4263. Text or call us through the game, 7.30 a.m. Message the game, 7.30 a.m. on Facebook. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Back again. Beanie's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Here's your host and professional Hellraiser, Beanie Howell. State plays Wisconsin tonight. It's a pretty evenly matched up game. <laughs> Michigan State's actually a five and a half point favorite. You're gonna jinx it. Points per game, points against, field goal. Like we could run down all the stats. Michigan State's beating Wisconsin in assists per game and blocks per game pretty handily. Otherwise, it's it's uh, pretty even. Wow, that had what I really like in a story. And Andy. This should be a good game. Wrong. Michigan State's played some tough games. Uh huh. Wisconsin is battle tested. They've won five in a row, including yep. over the weekend. They really beat the hell out of number three at the time, Marquette. Wisconsin is good. Yeah, I know. I heard you the first time. They've got good players. They added that St. John's transfer, A.J. Store. He's good. He knows every aspect of this game. Wisconsin is probably going to challenge Michigan State in the front court again. I miss Cleo. Stephen Crowell is back. He's averaging like 12 points a game. He's a legit seven-footer. They play him with that Tyler Wall at the same time. He's 6'9". He's averaging 11 points. State's going to have their hands full in the front court. Nostradamus. But Wisconsin is good. One time. That's all you got to tell me. This is a, a really tough, out-of-the-gate Big Ten game. Wisconsin's rolling five in a row. State doesn't have this rotation figured out. Here we go. I'm just saying. I feel like I've seen this movie before. Do it. I have. You are Captain Doom and Gloom today. No, I'm today. not. I challenge you to explain why not. Can I get you to commit to saying Michigan State wins tonight? No. Challenge failed. No. Come on. Absolutely not. Good. I can feel your anger. Okay. I'm going to say they're going to win. <laughs> I'm going to say they're going to win by three points. <laughs> you were wrong. You were wrong. See? Yeah, you were wrong. Well, I just.
just thought we should get out of the gate and take care of the elephant in the room. Thank dream. you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> Uh, no. Look, look, it's it's all in good fun. It's mm. okay. It, I will say those were some great edits. Thanks, man. You got a future in this business. Oh, yeah. In this business that we call <laughs> radio, Mr. Beanie Howell. If you will. <laughs> yeah, I just thought we might as well just get that out of the way right out of the gates today, Dream. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, Michigan State has a president. <laughs> oh. Did you know that? that? just That's just coming across the wire. Kevin Guskowitz. Chancellor at UNC Chapel Hill. He will be formally announced as the 21st president in the 168-year history of Michigan State University at an 8 a.m. meeting tomorrow. So there you have it. Nice. MSU has its next president. Fitting that they're getting him from UNC, considering their basketball team was preseason top five and wound up in the NIT last year, like ours is about to do. Mm, mm, mm. So let me just start right there with with a couple of questions. The first one is, why do we even watch sports anymore? This is the lowest return on investment endeavor this side of GameStop investments. <laughs> why? I don't know why I do this to myself. Why? Mm. Serious question now. To you, Steve, to, to yeah. anyone and everyone on the other side of the radio, are you ready now to just come out and say it? Because... I am. Michigan State basketball is dead. Dead. That's what you put out there for your Big Ten opener at home after a week off. That? More of the same? The same exact thing that's been happening for four years now? That. Look, man. I'm I'm trying not to come out and just do the hoot and howler thing. You know, because... I don't want to do low-hanging fruit radio. I've got all sorts of numbers and stats to back me up on this, and I'm more than welcome to take people who want to push back. I would just ask you to tell me, where am I wrong? Because the program we knew is dead and hasn't been here for an SOB long time. It's been a minute. And if I have to hear Izzo get up there and say the same damn thing one more time, The last four seasons, every time they have some humiliating loss where they uncharacteristically get murdered on the glass and out-hustled and outworked by an inferior, under-talented group of dopey-looking white guys like Wisconsin last night. After that happens, every single time the last four years, it's the same song and dance. He comes out and says, that can't happen to us. That shouldn't happen to us. It's my fault. We're going to get back to our roots and we're going to fix it. And every time you people in this fan base gobble that up like the dopamine rush it is and buy the BS and we start all over the next game. Do you realize, do you realize this program has not been able to hold its own in the paint, not even against, I'm not talking about against the blue bloods that you think you're in the same league with, by the way, survey says, I'm talking about not even the good big 10 teams. I'm talking about the middle of this conference. Do you realize Michigan State basketball has not been able to hold its own in the paint against the middle dregs of this league since Xavier Tillman left? That was five years ago. Nothing has changed. Nothing is getting better. And before I start taking the calls and, and get all the hate from you, which, again, I'm here for, I'll do it. I'm f- 
that's my job. I'll take it. I would love to hear from you if you think I'm wrong. Just tell me how. But before, let me get out in front of this. Michigan State will never have a better basketball coach than Tom Izzo, ever. The only way is if they reanimate the recently departed Bob Knight and he wants to coach Michigan State as some sort of android. <laughs> That's the only way. With AI technology nowadays. Maybe it's possible. With Kiss really not <laughs> retiring and instead doing holograms. I'm Gene Simmons. I have invested in the Bob Knight bot. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Which will coach Michigan State. Bobby basketball. Knight, coaching Michigan State, sponsored by Kiss. <laughs> Kissonline.com. <laughs> <laughs> the Spartan logo is the Kiss logo. <laughs> and the Breslin Ooh, yeah, court. I like that. But listen, um, look, they will never, ever have a better coach than Tom Izzo. He's a Hall of Famer, and for good reason. He's the best we'll ever have. He's the best Michigan State will ever have. Hell, he is Michigan State. But before you start calling in and telling me what a good person he is and how he's the last dinosaur, he's the only person in this business anymore who actually cares about the players and all that. And by the way, I believe all that. Before you start calling in and telling me about that, before you start calling in invoking that he actually believes in his principles and values, before you start calling in and telling me what a valuable member of the community he is and has been for 40 years, before I start having to suffer that, let me ask you something. What is he here to do? Win basketball games. And over the last four years, do you know what their record is in Big Ten play? Because I do. 31 and 29. They are a 500 Big Ten program. They're looking up at six other Big Ten programs over the last four years running now. Purdue, Illinois, Michigan, Iowa, Indiana. These are all schools ahead of Michigan State. In overall wins and Big Ten wins, four years running now. Now, this word is thrown a lot in sport. It's thrown around a lot in sports media, especially on the radio. But I want to talk about it and what it really means. Because that kind of result and what we saw last night and the body of work going on four years here, unacceptable. What does that mean? People say it all the time, just like they say, great when something really isn't great, it was just mm -hmm. nice. What does unacceptable mean? I'll tell you what it means to me. It means it can't keep happening. Now, we're on four years of this. And let's be real. After you saw that last, last night, do you have any confidence at all that this team isn't going to be the same thing from the last three seasons? What I mean is double-digit losses and closing in on double-digit losses in Big Ten play. I see no reason to believe anything different is going to happen the rest of the way here. It's the same thing. No post play at all. And then inconsistent guard play and a bunch of freshmen who aren't ready. Same recipe as it's been every year the last four. Now you tell me, is that acceptable? Because some of you are going to call up and make excuses today. Which is your prerogative? Fine. But what I won't suffer is those of you who are going to call up and make excuses for Tom Izzo in this program and then in the same breath tell me it's an elite program. It's not. Michigan State basketball isn't elite. You know how I know? Because it's not even good. 
They're average. They're part of the crowd now. This is a middling college basketball program. And by the way, a middling college basketball conference. Do the math. What does that mean? They ain't any good. They're mediocre. And it's not a fluke. You do something more than once, it can become a streak. A streak that gets a little bit long in the tooth is a trend. A trend that happens for three seasons going on four isn't a trend. That is no longer the exception. That's the rule. This program is mediocre. We ain't talking about blue blood crap anymore. Probably never should have. But we, sh- we sure as hell ain't talking about elite. They are anything but for four seasons now. Do you realize the ignominy this program has suffered? We can go over all the different stats. But there's this. How about this? After last night, State is 4-4. Four and four. four weeks ago, they were preseason number four team in America. They had the second best odds in Vegas to win the whole damn thing. They're unranked now. Mm-hmm. And even before that embarrassment last night against Wisconsin, they had fallen outside of the top dozen in Vegas NCAA tournament championship odds. I haven't checked today because I can't bring myself to do it. You want some more stats? How about this? It is the worst eight-game start for a preseason top-five team in 40 seasons. Not at Michigan State. Overall, this entire sport, no one has had a worse first eight games who was preseason top-five than this team. I I got numbers all day. We can carve this up any way you want to go. I can keep going. I don't think I need to, though. You know what I'm getting at. I'm pissed, yes. I think a lot of you are, too. But I think more than that, it's so damn frustrating because I know Izzo is a great coach. I know it. And yet, for the last going on four years, he's been doing the same thing and expecting different results. Something else I want to get up in front of, don't you dare call into this show and tell me, well, this is just the results of one bad recruiting cycle. Not an excuse. There's a transfer portal where you can buy a front court overnight now. Why hasn't he done it? I'll tell you why. I know better. I know better than everyone else. And I'm too stubborn to change. You know the scene from The Simpsons where Skinner says, hmm... Maybe the children aren't wrong. Maybe it's me. Nope. It's everyone else. That's Izzo. That's Izzo every offseason when he stubbornly refuses to go in the portal to make a meaningful addition to the biggest weakness of this program that used to be its strength in the paint. I won't do it. I'm going to be loyal to Mati Sissoko, who has cinder blocks surgically attached to the end of his arms and, and has about as much offensive game as my grandma. Loyalty. Listen, I know the man's got values, and I can respect that he stands on principle. But here's the thing, man. The way this business, a results and bottom line business works is adapt or go extinct. Which one is he doing? Does that look like contemporary college basketball to you? Even in the context of the Big Ten, which is stuck in the 90s, that doesn't look right. The most frustrating part of this to me, 
is I know he's a great coach. I know it. He has the greatness gene. We've seen it too many times. I saw D'Antonio do the same thing, and that's what's driving me freaking ape bleep over this. D'Antonio had the greatness gene too, but he got complacent, and he got stubborn, and he decided he knew better than everyone else. And D'Antonio started protecting his guys. He wouldn't fire anyone. Instead, he just rearranged deck chairs on the Titanic. Izzo is about five years past needing a major shakeup on his assistant staff. Instead, he brought back Mark Montgomery, who failed as the head coach at Northern Illinois. Doug Wojcik. You think that guy would have a job in Power 5 college basketball if not for Izzo taking care of his own? Thomas Kelly. Do you know where they got him from? Before he, Well, he was on the women's coaching staff. Before that, he was an administrator at MSU Federal Credit Union. No offense to them, just saying, I don't like to hire my basketball coaches from financial institutions. We are long past due, needing a major shakeup at the top of the program. And he has to do it. But he won't because he's doing what D'Antonio did. Taking a flamethrower to everything he built. That is so frustrating to watch. To watch someone who has the greatness gene, which is so damn rare, especially nowadays, and to completely underutilize it. And instead to dig their heels in obstinately against change and to decide, I'm not wrong, the entire rest of the world is. And then just watch your house burn down around you out of stubbornness. That's what he's doing. That's what he's been doing. Are you there yet? Are you ready to call a spade a spade? This program is dead. And you know why? Because Tom Izzo killed it. And that's the most unforgivable thing. No one is above the program. Not him. You can go anywhere else. Not Mike Krzyzewski. He wasn't bigger than Duke's program. Nick Saban isn't bigger than Alabama's. I hate watching these guys build these just monoliths and and cathedrals to greatness in sports only to tear it down out of ego and stubbornness. I've seen it everywhere. It happens all over the place. And now we've watched it happen here in the two biggest revenue sports within five years of each other. That is a damn shame. Are you ready to call it out? 517-300-4262. is the phone number. You can email the show, beanie at wvfnam.com. You can message or comment through Facebook. Search Facebook for the game, 7.30 a.m. to do that. You can use the free game, 7.30 a.m. app. Just click chat in the main menu. Sends over a free text message to us. And I'm here to be posted up. I would love to be wrong. The problem is I know I'm not. I challenge any one of you to, to call up and tell me, where I'm wrong. Go ahead. I would love to hear it. I'm just afraid I'm not. Steve, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to put you through this. <laughs> and I'm uh, maybe ruining your <clears throat> Christmas card season. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dang it, I wish I wouldn't have already written it out. Without, uh, without getting too into our personal lives here, all anyone on the other side of the radio needs to know is... Steve is friends with 
with some good Michigan State people who mm-hmm. probably do not appreciate what I'm saying, and I just worry that it's going to come off on you. Nah. So if they're listening right now, if anyone with a perfectly coiffed head of hair is listening, don't take it out on Steve. Take it out on me. Actually, no. Take it out on Izzo. It's all his fault. But if you're upset about the truth of this, come after me. Come after me. And by the way, I'm about to go to the calls. But anyone listening who's having a very physiological reaction to this, if you feel something welling up inside you and it's not acid reflux, or maybe it is, it's a uh, psychosomatic. The show brought to you by Prilosite. <laughs> yeah. If it's a psychosomatic acid reflux, I would ask you to ask yourself, why is that happening? I'll tell you why. Because everything I'm saying not only is true, but it's a hard truth. And those are the worst kind. Mm-hmm. I would like to yield the floor to you because you sat there like a diplomat. No, I want to listen to the callers. They've been on hold, I'll, and I'll, I'll jump okay. in. Yeah. All right, 517-300-4263. First yep. up, caller, who is this and where are you calling from? Hey, this is Freebird from Holt. Hey, the mayor. Okay, I would love to hear your distinguished opinion. Go ahead. Well, that game was very pathetic, and I agree with uh, probably about 100% of what you said. I think this program's dead, too, and uh, it starts with the assistance, and what well, is always the problem because he won't fire the assistants, and he, the game might have passed him by. A lot of people have said that, and I didn't want to believe it, but uh, I believe it now. The game is passing by, I think. So you don't think, then, this is salvageable is what you're saying? I don't think so. Not this year. Okay. How about beyond this year, though? Because I don't think he's lost it. I think he's just too deep in his own feels, as the, as the kids would say. He's so stubborn, and he, he just bitterly resists the change of, of the sport around him, and that never goes well for someone who does that. Well, when I say he lost it, he, he has to catch up with the times by using the transfer portal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't think he's lost it, but he's lost what it needs to be to be a winner based on his stubbornness, like, like you said. Definitely. Well, maybe, maybe what it takes to be a winner in the world of NCAA basketball as we know it. Well, isn't oh, that yes. what that's what he's judged yeah, on? But I'm I'm just saying that's he's I mean, a he's a college basketball right. coach. Yep. You know he can, look and again, I like <clears> him <throat> as a person. I do, and for most of my life, I've liked him as a basketball coach, just not lately. But I don't deny it for a second. He's an awesome person. You couldn't have a better role model at the top of any major college program. Hell, I think he's a better role model than a lot of high school coaches. He actually <laughs> means what he says. And um, I I don't dispute any of that, but here's the problem. Those are all nice-to-haves because any coach, especially in high-level college football and basketball, which is a big business, it is a results-oriented and bottom-line industry. That means great person, stands on morality and principles, is is, um, loyal to his guy, honorable to his guys, all of those are luxuries. He's here to win, mm-hmm. first and foremost. You can't have the rest without the other. But you can have wins without those things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And frankly, look, that's what I want. Everything else is gravy. I just want to get back to having a basketball program that doesn't just roll over and turtle at home in the Big Ten opener and get out everything they're supposed to be good at, which is physicality. Hey, look, you can just Oh, yeah. That's perfect. I mean, total scumbag, right? Total scumbag has been in trouble more times than maybe anyone else. But look, uh, he got a slap on the wrist. They're taking no national championship away from that. 
No, and he's winning big time. All right, man. Anything else? No, that's it. Thank you very much, Beanie. Take care. You too. Mr. Mayor, appreciate it. Any, um, anything springs to mind there, Steve? I want to give you platform here. Well, again, um, I, I've listened to what you said, and I know where you stand on it. And I, I will just say that from a personal standpoint, I don't, I don't think that there's anybody I'd rather use as a, a compass for what a great coach should be. And admittedly, you've said that. He is a great coach. So listening to all the things that are wrong, I don't think that just jumping aboard the NIL is the way to fix it. But I want to know what your thoughts are, not just on what is wrong with the program, but what your solution is. I don't want to hear about the problems. I want to hear about the solutions. And right now, it's, you know, we, we have to focus on that, too. We got to figure out w- what, what we can do. And we can't do anything, unfortunately. But as a program, what needs to happen? Because by your standards, if this is unacceptable, you're wanting them gone. That's what I'm hearing out of your lips. I haven't heard you say it, but I'm waiting for you to say it next. Here's what I'm willing to say today on December 6, 2023. Things that can immediately change. Probably won't salvage this season. But you got to get over how much you disagree with the transfer portal and NIL. Mm -hmm. It's just reality. Otherwise, he's going to continue to the descent. You know what Tom Izzo is? He's the Dabo Swinney of college basketball. Clemson went from king of the mountain, which, by the way, Michigan State hasn't been in 25 years. But anyway, went from king of the hill to a 500 program in the course of like three seasons because of that. That's what's happening here. Yeah. It's just the way it is. You don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with me, but you got to accept it. That's reality. He won't. Again, there are two options in this kind of business now. Adapt or go extinct. Which is he doing? He's going extinct. Let's call it what it is. So two big changes I got to have that aren't going to really affect this season. One, start embracing the portal in NIL. And what does that mean specifically? That means don't trot Mati Sissoko out there for three straight seasons. Right. The guy wears rollerblades constantly on defense. And on offense, it's a power play for whoever's defending you. You're going four on five. And then when you put him in, like if Cohen, God bless Cohen Carr, incredible athlete. I think he's going to be excellent by the time it's all said and done here. But when he and Sissoko or he and Cooper are on the floor at the same time, you're playing three-on-five offense. All he does is do tip-back slams. He has no game yet. Sissoko won't ever have a game. He's just incapable of it. And I don't know what happened for that, like, one-half stretch where he did a decent job on Oscar Shibway against Kentucky last year because he hasn't ever looked like that outside of that one stretch where he, he got that guy fouled out. By the way, he scored... 30 points and 20 rebounds. So it's not like Sissoko all of a sudden was Dikembe Mutombo. (laughs) But you got to help your team out in the front court, man. You can't just keep rolling these bums out. That's supposed to be the identity of the program, too. Man, you are failing your team, your entire program, your fans, certainly, but yourself when you cut yourself off from a vital resource that's being leveraged now in this sport. That's the big thing. Embrace the portal. To not build your team, you don't build a program through the portal, but you can supplement and complement, and they won't in the front court at least. That's got to change. Number two, time for some new blood on the staff, man. I don't know what's going on there. I'm not in there. I, I don't go to practice, which is all off the record anyway, so I couldn't tell you if I did. 
but they clearly need some new ideas. He needs some people that I don't know if they're all yes men. I, I don't know if that's I suspect that's not the case because I think Izzo has proven with players, at least, and I'm sure it's the same with coaches. He respects guys who push back. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's the case. It could be, but I don't think that's it. Regardless, they need some new blood. If I were in charge, they're all gone. All of them. Montgomery's out. Wojcik's out. Kelly's out. Bring in three new dudes who aren't connected to this program. Three new dudes. Ideally, three guys from different conferences and different approaches. So you can get some new ideas. That works, man. That wor- What saved... You know what turned Michigan basketball around under John Beeline? They forced him to fire his, for lack of a better term, defensive coordinator. He went out and hired, I don't remember the guy's name, completely unrelated dude, came in to run the defense specifically, and Michigan went on a run, started making Final Fours and made a national championship game. Made two Final Fours in like five years. That's what they need. They need an infusion of new bloods and new, new blood and new ideas. Blood in the mud. <laughs> that, those are the two big things. I'm not calling for the guy to be fired. For Yet. I'm not because a couple of reasons. One, it's not realistic. Two, he's going to decide when and how he goes out. It's silly to do. It's not realistic. I don't want him gone either. But, but by your logic, what's left? Here's what I'm saying. If those two things aren't on the table and he continues to just dig his heels in against them for the sake of just resisting change and being obstinate, I see no reason to expect anything different on the court than what we've got in the last three years. I'll just say it. Same thing I said with D'Antonio after 2018. You'll never have anyone better. You won't. The odds say you will never outdo a Hall of Fame coach. But you can't be afraid to try. Mm-hmm. And you can't be afraid of holding the Hall of Famer to the own, his own standards. You can't be afraid and unwilling to hold Izzo to account the way he says he holds himself to account. The standards I'm applying here, I did not create. He did. And he says it every time they get muscled around by a, by a team like Wisconsin who looks like a bunch of quiz bowl players. A high school quiz bowl team comes in here okay. and muscles them around on the paint. I was on quiz bowl. Me too. Okay, well. But a bunch of these lanky, dopey, dorky white guys come in here and just kill them on the glass. And he says the same thing every time. Can't happen here. That should never happen to us. I'm going to get back to work. I'll be here all night. I'm going to fix it. Said it again last night. Well, We're on four years of this, man. Of those three things that you've mentioned then, the third one is the one that I feel is under his control now. So what he can do now is hold himself to account and say, it's not just lip service what I say in the press conference. I have to get back in practice and, and put these guys to work, which... I have to believe, Beanie, with 100% of everything in my body, yes. Am I a Tom Izzo fan? Absolutely. Is he a hero? Of course. What's there not to be a hero of the guy from a personal level? The guy is amazing. He's a great guy. I've met him. You know, you've met him. He's, he's nice and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But from a coaching standpoint, he is capable of getting the best out of players who aren't the best. He's able to get the players 
that he has on his squad to rise above. And I think that's the part of this season that he has control of at least a little. He can salvage and he can work those kids and get them to go beyond their limits and come back around. Do I think they're going to be national champions this year? Probably not. But you know what? The other things that you mentioned, he can't control right now. So it's all well and good to put that stuff out there and say, he's got an embrace on NIL and he's got to do that. Great. He can't right now. He's got the players that got him to the, to the prom. You got to stick with it. So for the rest of the season, we can bitch and complain about what's going on. But the fact of the matter is none of that can change right now. You're not going to fire your whole staff right now. You're not going to tell every kid on the team, sorry, we're rescinding your scholarship, hit the bricks. Not going to do it now. So now you've got to push these kids and say, you got here, you know, because we believe in you. And because we believe in you, believe in yourself and get your ass out there and show us what you got. Because right now, they're not delivering. That's not him. The problem is not what he's telling them and the X's and O's. I don't believe that. The guy's too smart to have that be the case. The problem is these players are not executing. Something is in their synapses that's not right. But whose fault is that ultimately? Well, of course it comes back to the coach. But you can't, I can't make somebody use their their proper technique when they let the ball go out of their hands. I can't, I mean, once they're on the court. But like you said, Steve, and this is, by the way, I, I think you're spot on. The two big things I've mentioned are not in-season fixes. Right. They are program overhauls. Mm -hmm. But what you're talking about, I think, is a valid point. Now, let me ask you. Serious question. Because mm -hmm. I agree, he's, he has a pretty good track record of getting more out of less. The best years of this program are when they're expected to do nothing. Mm -hmm. Because he takes undervalued guys and gets every last drop of potential out of them. So with that in mind, I agree. That's the one thing he has control of in season to salvage this thing. When's the last time someone got better here? Serious question. Not trying to post you up. Not trying to no, dunk I, on I, you. I know what you're saying. When's the last time a player <laughs> came in here and got better? We can just keep it to last season. Did anyone get better last year? Boy, it sure I didn't seem like it. No. Or the year before that? Or the year before? No, and unfortunately, the reverse has been true with some of the kids, too. Mati Sissoko has regressed. He has. Mm-hmm. A.J. Hogard has regressed massively. Now, I'm not saying it's all on Izzo. Like, those players have to be accountable, too. But he's the coach. He's the Hall of Fame coach. It is ultimately his responsibility. And honestly, if I, I'll, I wouldn't ask you something I wouldn't answer myself. Mm -hmm. So when's the last time a player came in here and got better? I'll tell you. Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman. I was literally just going to say that. Four years ago. Mm -hmm. Sorry, five years ago almost. And they stuck with it. And that's the, that's the other thing we're fighting against. How many of these kids that are being recruited at any team are looking at it going, well, I'm going to go all four years. Not a single one of them. Beanie. That's the nature of and the And why should they? Why should they? Right. Because they can transfer. Mm -hmm. There's money out there to be had in some programs. That's not a fault of them. Yeah, it's that's not. It's not. It's just the, it's the way it's the world is changing. So let me ask you then, whose fault is that? Is it realistic to resist the world spinning one direction because you think it should spin the opposite. No, you no. can't reverse the rotation of the world. Unfortunately, when you get sold a bag of goods, and I'm not saying this is happening, but when you ask a kid, are you committed to me and this program for four years? And they say, absolutely, yeah. 
But then they change their mind and they decide, man, I'm just going to mail it in. I'm going to leave after two years anyway. I mean, I, I, it's coaches hard do to, that. to find. Coaches may, but I'm saying. He hasn't. You've got to find kids that. It's so hard because I you disagree, just don't Steve. know. I you've got to find kids who are willing to be there and put in the work. I disagree. Because, look, the teams that win it every year have guys who are only there for one or two years or came from another school. That's just the way it is now. I'll just say this, too. Izzo doesn't like it. He doesn't believe in that. Fine. Get out. Mm. That's why Shashevsky retired. That's why Roy Williams retired. That's why Jay Wright retired 15 years before he, anyone thought he would. I'm just saying there's a reason all of his buddies retired. And instead of hearing him bitch and moan and get up there and do performance art in the press conferences after every humiliating Supposed to be impossibly in uncharacteristic performance on the court. Every time the last four years that's happened, it's the same song and dance, and it's fake because he's, he's not willing to change. He thinks everyone else is wrong. Everyone else isn't wrong, man. And even if they are, there's a solution. You Get want, out. You want 1 through 15 to be kids you're paying a million dollars a year to. No, because that's not how it works. Okay, well, then that's not what I'm saying either. But if you have a handful of those kids or you have a couple of them and you find them and you, and you go in the portal and you grab some kids, that's great. But I'm saying you need a foundation and you have to have enough kids that are willing to put in the work. His own kid has been there, you know, yeah, granted you, they're probably riding to practice to, together. But I'm to, saying, you know... I just I think there's something to be said for somebody who's also willing to to be a teammate. You have to where win else, as a team, not as a single player. Name one other big time college basketball program where you can have perhaps the most heralded recruiting class of all time in the history of your program, and they're on the bench the whole game. Well, this is the only place. Xavier Booker is the most high profile that, recruit he's gotten probably in at least 15 years. He and he's didn't on play. The bench. That is a different, where else, where that's else a different is, topic. That doesn't happen anywhere else. <laughs> right. There's a reason guys don't get better here. And it's because it's because you're not allowed to learn on the fly. Xavier Booker is one of the best players coming out of high school last year. He comes in, and I get it, he's not physically capable of banging in the post with the likes of Frankenstein at Purdue and but the But clearly like. nobody else is either the last few games. But if he comes in and goes under one screen instead of over, his ass is on the bench until the next half. This is the only place where that happens. That's part of the problem. One more call before we get out. Uh, Joe and Lansing, what's up, man? Hey, Beanie. Um, yeah, that's a good segment you're doing right now because I was going to call Tim's show this morning. What got any? any words in about that, but you know, uh, part of me says fire them. Other part says, no, we got to keep them. Um, you know, uh, NIL, how long has NIL been going on? Two years, three years? Yeah. Two years. Okay. What about, okay. So, so four years, you said that they've been, that they've had a mediocre big 10 record. Those other, other two years that they didn't have NIL. Mm -hmm. So what happened there? And, uh, you know, and I, and like I stated before, Dude, you got a team that has been to the NCAA tournament 20, how many years? 25 straight now. 25 straight. Dude, your damn percentages should go up. You should have more than one national championship. Agreed. You should. You should, yeah. but you should have one more than one. You should have more than that. Eight Final Fours, great, fine. But that's not, you know, that's, that's a Final Four. That's a banner that's not a national championship. So I, I just think that. 
like you said, the staff would be a, a, a you know, I mean, he, he's he, and he's stubborn. He's stubborn. And, and I, I've said, oh, God, you, got, you know, he, he should be playing zones. He's tried different defenses, stuff like that. Um, and he won't do it. And uh, he, it's just something about, and, and I'm, and even in the Big Ten in a whole, okay, we haven't had a national championship since. Right. One to one. And that's, so that's been 23 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, and, and the, the NIL is a good thing, maybe for some people, but as, as, as far as him and, and, and other guys retiring, you know, or, or the uh, Mike Krzyzewski, Jay Wright, yeah, if, if, if you don't like it, then get out. Yeah. You know, it's that simple. It really is. Yeah, and and it's you know it's really it, I I didn't watch the game last night because I I had it set in my stomach that they were going to lose. I didn't want I Peacock. I said I'm not going to watch it because I thought that you know, I actually actually thought that they were going to lose and they they lost. Well, they lost. Yep, I got to leave it there, Joe. I'm sorry, I'm just up against okay. it. It's my fault. I haven't managed the clock well here. Let me go to break. I see two more guys on the line. So Jeff and Mason and Blake and Bath. Hang on. We'll get to you in just a few minutes. It's offensive-minded. The DeWitt dream doing good here, doing his job. Don't anyone call up. I don't want to hear Tim and Lansing call up and say he's just an echo chamber because he is holding up to my fire and fury today. (laughs) Fire and brimstone. He's holding up to my wrath the way Moses did against the Old (laughs) Testament God. We're back after these words. Sure, you could listen to static. Or you could get the free Game 730 AM mobile app in your app store today and listen longer without the interruptions from the static. Listen live to all your favorite moments in sports and hear all the action. The Game 730 AM app also has tons of great restaurant deals for you. It's waiting for you right now in the app store today. The Game 730 AM app is powered by Driven Collision. We make friends by accident. The Detroit Red Wings are back for another season on the Lansing Sports Network. He scores on a backhand. Lansing's Big Talker 1240 WJIM. Never miss a game again. Whether you're on the go or just like doing it the old-fashioned way and sitting around the radio. He scores from the right side goal line. Every face-off and every playoff can be heard on Lansing's exclusive home for Detroit Red Wings hockey. 1240 WJIM. Lansing's only home for hockey. The game, 730 AM. Streaming the best and nonstop sports talk now for all of Lansing in the free game, 730 AM app. Tap, tap, tap in today. Fight fire with fire. That's what I'm doing. Michigan State basketball is dead and Tom Izzo killed it. Out to the phones, 517-300-4263. Appreciate the patience of Blake and Bath. What's up, man? You got it, dude. Hey, my old, you know, I'm not happy either. I'm kind of a little bit upset, especially about last night. But here's one thing. That, here's a couple changes I would make. Why not one year them just play, like, just a normal schedule? You don't have to play yes. Murder's Road Please. and start the season out. Because mm-hmm. then you get behind the eight ball, and you don't really know how good you are with all these young guys and everything. I think we got tons of talent. But they, they got to make shots. Izzo, Izzo can't shoot the ball for these guys. When you're wide open, um, make a basket. Yeah, because if you look true. at some of these losses, we're right there. Last night we were down by three. We went 0 for like 11 after a nice run. Basically, we're right on the edge. 
we make a couple shots and get a couple rebounds, the game's a different game. But the guys got it. They got to. They got to make shots, man. I agree. I, look, that's that, that's definitely part of it. Let me ask you another thing that I haven't had time for though. How can you defend playing Malik Hall as much as he does? I don't know why he's even still here. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's because of his expense, his experience on defense, because it's certainly not his offense. Um, I do, you know what I do think is hurting us is uh, what's that Kohler that's out right now? Yes, that our center. He was tearing it up. I mean, granted, summer league, but he's got all kinds of good post moves. And even last year, as a you know what, Blake, I don't, I don't want to hear about him though. I don't want to hear about how great he looked in Moneyball. That's you know, it's like seven on seven, and I don't care. And on top of that, look, I know the guy. He's the only guy on the roster who has any offensive game down low. I'll give you that. But on defense, on defense, he's just like Sissoko. He's on roller skates. So I don't see him being some knight in shining armor for this team. But when you got no post play at all and you're in close games against, like, what did we lose to Duke by? I mean, we were right there against Duke, too. I mean, we could have beat them. A couple of points down low and maybe an and one here and there makes a difference. You know, and let's be honest, Wisconsin's going to play Arizona. We're going to see really how good they are. If they shoot like they did last night, they're a damn good team. Now, nobody expected a guy that's made, what do you make, Right. Three threes his entire last season. Yeah, he but doesn't that happen a lot to Michigan State? Some dude that only heaves bricks comes in and, and turns into John Stockton. <laughs> that happens a lot. It does. It's it's bizarre, man. It, it it always does. Why can't that be us this one one time? You know, well, we look, I'll tell you why it happens. It happens because it's Michigan State and you're gonna get everyone's best shot. But that shouldn't be a surprise, at least by now. How long has this guy been doing it? Thirty years, he should know by now. Yeah, yeah, I was just shocked by their shooting because those two guys that went off for three, I, I only saw Wisconsin play two games earlier in the year, and those two guys didn't do much. The one, the taller guy was scrapping for boards and stuff. Yeah. The game I saw offensively, he didn't do anything. But last night he was on fire, and unfortunately we were at the, uh, the losing end. Yeah, but we were part of why, though. We were part of why. Like, Sissoko can't defend to begin with, and he certainly can't defend a big who wants to stretch it out to the arc. Like, it's it's just not fair. He's not capable of any of that. So that's a big part of why. Yeah. I, hey, listen, I got to go because there's someone else waiting, and I'm behind the clocks. I appreciate your patience you and listenership. Great show, Beanie. Thank you, Blake. I appreciate it. We'll go to Jeff and Mason, who's waited for a while, too. Hi, Jeff. Beanie, you know I bleed green, but I'm seeing nothing but red after last night. This team is nothing but a bunch of soft, elitist crybabies. And you know mm-hmm. who the biggest one of them all is? Tom Izzo. Why do I say that? He's soft. He won't make the hard decisions. He won't bench the people. He won't let the right people play. Uh, the team, they're, they're soft. They don't do the hard things of rebounding and guarding and putting in the extra effort. All they do is believe great recruiting class, best team ever, and they mm-hmm. hear that all before the season begins, and they get let it go to their head. Crybabies. Tom, would you just quit crying to the rest every two minutes and pay attention to your team <laughs> and the fact that there's only one guy, one guy rebounding, and there's four Wisconsin guys? We're not getting rebounds because there's nobody within the three-point line of the of the basket. Yeah. And and how many of our players are crybabies? I, I'm tired of watching them get called for a foul, and then all they do is look at the ref and go, are you kidding me? They've never changed that I know of. They don't change a call when you do that. So just quit doing that and spend more time guarding your man. We don't get within, like you said, the one guy for Wisconsin that made 100 baskets that normally doesn't. 
was because no one's within three feet of them. Mm-hmm. I could make those baskets. We got to start guarding. We got to start rebounding. I, I don't even think this whole uh, football put on the pads drill that you oh, for rebounding would work. Yeah, please. Don't get close enough to the basket or someone else for that to work. Also, that's huh? I, I'm so I'm gonna I'm gonna get some yeah. sound of this later of him talking about that. But every time this happens, every time Michigan State shows its ass against a team it has no business showing its ass against, he comes out there and throws red meat. To the loyalists in the fan base and harkens back to 2000, to the glory years. Oh, we're going to put the football pads on. Maybe I'll stop listening to the lawyers. We're too soft because I've gotten too soft. I'm listening to people I shouldn't listen to who are soft. We're going to go back to the war drill. Like, it's, it's so transparently, it's so transparent to me what he's doing. He's He's pretending to take account, but really just throwing red meat to his biggest fans to get through this and, and to kind of like, uh, you know, bait and switch. It's pretty obvious to me. He's, yeah, and he's protecting his players, which he does to a fault. You're right about uh, Xavier Tillman and Cassius Winston. Those two are, are ones that got better. But that's never been Tom's M.O. to get great players and let them play great. He's always gotten yep. mediocre people and got the best out of them in his whole 25 years. But now he's not doing that. He's not trying to – what's that? Now he's not doing that. Right. Monty Sissoko's gotten worse, not better. Oh, and Malik Hall. Please, oh, my God. Please, God don't, you want to know why Xavier Booker's not any good yet? He doesn't yeah. play. Yeah. Any other team he would have been on, he would have played every game, 22 minutes, and by now he would know how to box oh out God. and I know. and do what he you, needs you, to do. Dude, you're, you're from your lips to God's ears. I hate that about this place. Like, he doesn't usually get premium recruits, and even when he does, they don't play like they do at the Blue Bloods because he won't let them. It's so frustrating. They're scared to death. I'm going to give you one ray of hope that, that we can make something of this year. 1979, the national championship year, we were 4-4, four and four and we had just lost to Northwestern. And that was the team led by Magic Johnson. 4-4 four and four in 1979. Mm-hmm. And here's what made the difference. The, the players had a players-only meeting, and then they went to the coach and they said, here's what we think is going wrong, and Judd listened. And he said, you're, you're right, we're going to make some changes and we're going to do things differently. It, it may take someone like someone on the team to do that and say, play the right people, we got to do something different. Definition of insanity, do the same thing right. over and over and expect different results. Absolutely. There is, is a chance if he would, Tom's got to have a hard heart with himself and say, I got I to be different, I got to change. All right, Jeff, appreciate the call. I'm up against the clock, I got to leave it there. Uh, I would rein in the callbacks in 1979 as it applies to this team is there a generationally great player on this squad yeah i'm not sure there's even a good player on this squad and there's a reason they've never had a 20 points per game uh score over the course of a whole season he just won't let it happen we're back with more i'll take more of your calls emails you can post me up whatever it's cool i'll be your personal Madi sissoko you can take me right to the rim you just tell me where I'm wrong. This program's dead. Tom Izzo killed it. Back after these words. WWVFN. East Lansing. A town square media station. A game. 7.30 a.m. Lansing's only sports station. Vex trailer. Um, from Mud Ice Arena to Little Caesars Arena. We've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios. We make friends by accident. On the game. 7.30 a.m.
how key uh, particularly were the offensive rebounds that, and second chance points that they got that stunned any momentum yeah. opportunities? I mean, you, you hold them, they don't score, and then they get 19 points on second chance points. I mean, that shouldn't happen to us, and it's my fault because I'm getting soft because I'm listening to too many people. So we're going to start practicing. Maybe I'll announce today we're going to get the shoulder pads out. We're going to get back to normal a little bit and quit worrying about all the lawyers and all the other people that I worry about. And I'm just going to do what I do. And that's what that's why I said this whole thing is my fault. And I'm taking the blame for it. Next. There you go, Tom. Give them what they want to hear. Throw some red meat to that fan base. There you go. Tom Izzo plays his greatest hits, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about the war drill. Let's throw it back to 2000, back when this actually was an elite basketball program. Hey, look over here. Remember the good times before I became mediocre and ruined what I built? 517-342-63, that's the phone line. You got hot takes on it? I don't need to say anymore. You know what we're talking about here, and I'm not going to redo the opening monologue. That's why we're behind the clocks here. I apologize for that. But, you know, some hard truths needed to be said, specifically that Michigan State basketball is dead because Tom Izzo killed it. You can weigh in. By all means, post me up. Make me your personal Mati Sissoko. Put me on roller skates. Take me right to the hoop and throw it down in my face. Problem is, I don't think you can. And this is one of the situations where I actually want to be wrong, but it's hard to deny the evidence Michigan State basketball over its last 100 or so games, not even a 600 win percentage. Over its last now four years of Big Ten play, three full seasons plus the opener yesterday, two games over 500. That's good for seventh in the Big Ten over that span. I don't want to hear anyone say the words blue blood or elite. Because you ain't even in the same galaxy. And really, this isn't even a good basketball program. You know what you are now? You know what Izzo has turned his once proud, dominant program into? A run-of-the-mill, just completely middling, banal, average college basketball program. That's all. 517-342-63. There's one caller on the line. Hang on. I got to read some messages first. So hang on like one minute. Let me catch up on messages. First, the email, beanie at wvfnam.com. Bassboat Randy says, MSU Hoops is average at best. Michigan basketball has a losing record. I paid for Peacock to watch those games like last night. Give me my money back. (laughs) Yeah, you got a whole season left of this. Go to the free game 7.30 a.m. app now. Dave from DeWitt says, Sparties don't have any hustle. Shooting is pitiful. Wide open shots and no rebounding. John and Grand Ledge also messages in in the free game 7.30 a.m. app. He says, you have to understand this when you're talking about Izzo. He's almost 70 years old. It's so hard to get up and work as hard as you could when you were 50 when you're 70. Your focus isn't there. I agree that he should overhaul his staff, but he's too loyal. He could stay on as long as he wanted to if he could bring yogurt if he could bring yogurt to tell him to a set. I don't know what you're trying to say there, John. But he won't do that. Father Time, John and Grand Ledge says. 
I don't think he's too old to do the job anymore. I think he's one of these guys who is is going to be capable of doing the job as long as he wants, age-wise. I just think Tigers don't change their stripes. And that's why he just digs in and bitterly and stubbornly resists any and all change. That's why they have a bunch of guys who probably belong in the group five playing in the paint instead of at a supposedly elite college basketball program because he refuses to accept the advent of the portal in NIL. Instead, he just wants to bitch about it every time they lose to a team that they should house. 517-300-4263. Call you around the air. Who is it and where you're calling from? Kevin from Lansing. Hey, Kevin. What's on your mind, man? Uh, going back to um, Tom's staff, I know um, traditionally he, he tried to keep a Judd Heathcote, uh, former player on the staff, whether it be Mark Montgomery or Dwayne Stevens. Um, now he's got Thomas Kelly, I want to say. But his staff right now, I mean, geez, okay. you got the date was Wojcik, what's his name? Yeah, Doug Wojcik. Doug Wojcik, a former Played for the Naval Academy, made with David Robinson back in 1985. This guy, I mean, really, he's your assistant coach. He, he he himself has two kids in the Ivy League, okay? He's one of those guys walking around with dock siders with no socks. You know, he's probably got a cottage, you know, on Lake Michigan somewhere. <laughs> and he's coaching your players? This is who you send in to recruit a kid from Detroit or the suburbs? A guy with dock siders with no socks? Get rid of him. Mark Montgomery? Good guy, good guy. I'm not going to talk about what I want to talk about as far as saying he graduated when he didn't. When he didn't, but listen, he went to Northern Illinois. He he did he didn't do good there. He failed there. Why are you bringing him back? I don't know. Get some different staff. Yeah, yeah. His staff is weak, weak, weak. It is. He's. It's so frustrating because he's doing what D'Antonio did. And he's protecting his friends or former players on the way out while he burns down everything he built. And and you know what, BD, real quick before we get off, I think there's a quote about uh, nepot- cronyism. What cronyism does, does it, er- it erodes organizations, man. Mm. Um, and that's what's happening right now. I mean, he, at least with Dane Fife when he was there, I don't know why he left, but at least Dane Fife was Big Ten Player of the Year. McDonald's All-American. You know, head yeah. coach at Indiana Purdue University, I felt like 500 record. I, I mean, I don't know, but his his coaching staff, man, he needs to like get all those guys out of there and like retool his whole coaching staff because to me, it's, it's garbage. For lack of a better word, I'm sorry. I agree, Kevin. Thanks for the call, man. I'm, I'm with you. I I think that is a big part of what's decayed here. They need an infusion of new blood. And I don't mean young coaches. I mean guys from outside the family. Don Izzo needs to go to a different family. Just think of it this way. Do you think Mark Montgomery, Doug Wojcik, or Thomas Kelly would be on the bench at Kansas, at Duke, even in North Carolina, who hasn't been themselves lately? Do you think that would happen? Because I don't. And I'm not saying he needs to put together an all-star assistant coaching staff, but I am saying we're well past time where we need some outside influence. 517-342-63. Chip Paul's been waiting. What's up, man? Beanie, how's it going, man? Well, I've been better, but how about you? Uh, it's just been a, it's been a rough 
uh, athletic year for the Spartans. No kidding. I, I started the show, I don't know if you heard, and I, I asked Steve, and who's in here with me for the first hour, and I said, why do we watch sports anymore? It's the worst return on investment available. Well, I'm telling you this. Uh, it, it's just sad. I haven't watched uh, after the Duke game and, and the struggles they had with Duke. I, I just I get so frustrated it's like watching the same movie, crappy movie, over and over again. Mm-hmm. I, I just haven't watched. Call me disloyal, um, but I don't even waste my time watching this team anymore, and I'm not going to unless I hear something. Unless you know, I don't. I don't know if uh, who's the center that's coming back. I mean, Jackson Kohler. Yes, he's not going to. I'm not convinced that he's going to be the panacea. Same, but. He does at least have some semblance, some modicum of talent. Um, you know, I think yeah. what's really brought down Izzo and the program is loyalty. I mean, yep. you can call it cronyism, um, but loyalty is typically a really admirable trait to have. But unfortunately, this kind of goes back to the conversation I had with you this summer. College sports now. What I'm lamenting about college sports is there no it's no longer about loyalty now. Um, you know, not right. only from the from the players but from the management perspective. I mean, you've gotta do what's right for you and and by by standing by his recruits here, um, you know, the, the, the centers here, uh, you know, he's really done a, a real harm to his program. No kidding. I mean, you uh, know, and all of he all he does is instead of leveraging the changes to help him and to help his players and his program, he just bitches about them. And it's it's so frustrating because this could be a strength for Michigan State, the portal and NIL. They have resources oh, that most schools don't. But instead, he just wants to stubbornly bitch about it because he doesn't like it. You know what he... Izzo resisting this change and complaining about it nonstop. He might as well have been a, a citizen of ancient Pompeii saying, man, I liked it a lot better before the mountain exploded. Yes. Um, you know, look at this team, though, uh, Beanie. I mean, who on this team uh, would even start for any of the top 10 teams in the country? I mean, yeah, probably Tyson Walker is the only one. Yeah. Yes, he's the only guy. And Sissoko is he's a great personal story. I mean, I love what he did with his with his uh, home country. What mm-hmm. he, does he have like a school that he's built there? Yep, that's really admirable. But he cannot play. He just cannot play, Beanie. Nope, um, I'm with you. You know, I love Izzo. He's been great for the university, but great, uh, you know, face of the university through some really difficult times. He's done some wonderful things for the basketball program, but really, I think he needs to. I think he needs to follow in Roy Williams' footsteps, and I, I think he needs to retire as gracefully as he can at this point. Yeah, there's a reason that in, that entire cadre of good old boys got out at the exact same time, except except him, because all of them hated. NIL and the portal. They hated the change. They didn't like the job anymore because of the changes to it and the industry around them. So Shashevsky, Roy Williams, Jay Wright, they all left at the same time, but he didn't. So look, I'm not calling for the guys firing for a couple of reasons. One, it's unrealistic. He is Michigan State. They will never fire him. Um, and for two, uh, 
it's his program. I know he inherited something kind of good from Judd, but he took it to the next level, and now he's tearing yeah. it down. So, But anyway, the point is he's going to get to decide his exit when and however he likes. But third and foremost, this is the most important point, is I think they're just a, a couple of changes that he could make program-wise, not in-season, but in the off-season. If he's not willing to make them, if he's not willing to start engaging and embracing instead of just bitterly uh, resisting or just tolerating the portal in NIL and then make some changes to the staff. If he's not willing to do those two things, yeah, he might as well get out because we're going we're to get the same result. This is going to keep happening, and he's just going to con- continue to get more and more embittered and disenchanted with his line of work. I totally agree with you, and I think one of those changes, Beanie, is to bring in like an off. You know how Beeline, Beeline was, uh, he's an offensive tactician, a master tactician, but he was, uh, in the middle part of his tenure, he was criticized for his team not playing stellar defense. Well, he brought in a defensive specialist, Mm -hmm. and that immediately elevated their program. I think Izzo needs to do the same thing with the offensive side of the ball. You're, and, dude, um, you know what? Great minds, because I mentioned that in the first hour. I said the exact same thing. I used the exact same anecdote that that's what he needs to do to a certain degree. Is uh, That's what changed things, right? They were ready to chase yeah. Beeline out of Ann Arbor, and then he shook things up and brought in a completely outside-the-family, innovative, young coach with a bunch of new ideas, and all of a sudden Michigan basketball went from middling to basically a perennial Final Four contender. And, you know, I, I am not a Michigan fan. I do admire Beeline, though, because I admire people who who have the, the – who will acknowledge their flaws, who are not afraid to admit they can improve. And perhaps – I mean, I don't want to throw Izzo under the bus and say that he's not that way, but he clearly does need to make some changes, as you're saying. If he doesn't – yeah then I think there, and this is where Haller is really up against it. He's going to have to figure out a graceful exit strategy. And I tell you what, as a Michigan State fan and as an observer of Haller, I don't think Michigan State fans, basketball fans, should be scared of moving on from Izzo. I have a lot of faith in our AD that he can hire the next guy. I mean, I think he's shown nothing but fantastic uh, human resources capability. So. Thanks, thanks for the call, Chip. I appreciate it. I don't know about feeling good about them trying to replace him, but my point, and I'll make it again, I said this in the first hour, I want to make abundantly clear that I didn't come on air today with the express written plan to demand and, and formally call for Izzo's firing because I don't think that's right. I'm, I don't want that. But what I'm saying is if he's not willing to get with it if he's just going to continue to bitch and moan about nil and transfer portal and all these things instead of embracing them and and using them as as a tool why stick around you're going to keep producing the same subpar product on the court and only making yourself more miserable it would be in everyone's best interest to just wrap it up And I want to speak to the fan base about that. I say that while fully acknowledging Michigan State will never find a better basketball coach than Tom Izzo. Never. 
this entire endeavor could carry on for another 500 years. They aren't ever going to get a better coach. They won't. But you can't be afraid of trying. You can't. That's what enables mediocrity. When someone who was great is given a ton of slack because of past accomplishments that he hasn't come close to in a son of a you-know-what long time, and because the fan base is afraid of the great after without him. Listen, man, we went through the same thing with football not that long ago. A special guy was the coach here and achieved special things. And then he got complacent, and he started resisting where things were going. He did not keep changing. He did not keep innovating. He got very stale and protected his guys and bitterly dug his heels in. In the process, he did what Izzo is doing right now. He took a wrecking ball to everything he painstakingly built, and that is unacceptable. You don't get to make that decision. You are not bigger than the program. Mark D'Antonio is responsible for the greatest run in Michigan State football history this side of the 60s. Tom Izzo, the same thing with basketball, right? And Tom Izzo even more so because he is Michigan State, even so. That does not give him permission to demolish what this program was. He has to be held to account. And you know who would say that first? Him. I'm only applying the same set of standards to him that he has for himself. Do you think he thinks 31 and 29 in Big Ten play over the last three plus seasons is good enough? I can't speak for the man, but I'm confident what he would say. (laughs) Yeah, so you got a choice to make. What you've been doing ain't working. Either get with it or get gone. You aren't bigger than the program. You might have built it, but it's bigger than you. I really don't see what anyone gains from him sticking around and continuing to try the same exact thing and expect different results. That's not good for anyone. That's not good for him. That's not good for us. That's not good for the players. It's failing everyone. Can't be afraid to try to do better. Just can't. So damn frustrating to watch happen, man. I want to play some of his sound here before we get out for our last break. This is how he started the press conference last night after the loss, the loss in the Big Ten opener to Wisconsin. A lot of times you come up here and you blame a player for something. I'm going to blame the coach. And do a very good job. I, uh, you know, we get off to another poor start. I thought we had three wide open threes, wide open. Uh, Jaden, a couple, and uh, Tyson. So I wasn't disappointed in that, but it, it was not till game time that I even thought that Malik would play and I didn't handle that very well and then I played him way too many minutes um, give him credit for trying to suck it up because our two bigs struggled early especially when Wall got in foul trouble and they went with a different lineup and uh, we just did not handle some of the coverages right um, we are not tough enough right now and That's all me. So um, I'll be here all night. I promise you that. I'm going to get it fixed. And 
So blame me, not the players. And that's not to soften it up. We had some guys didn't play very well. Don't blame the players. Blame me. But by the way, some of them stunk. Also, there's this. Is anyone else sick and tired of hearing this? It's been the same routine after every mind-numbing, humiliating loss to an under-talented, outmatched team over the last three-plus seasons. He says the same damn thing every time. I don't believe it's all that honest either. He takes accountability, or at least says he does, and says they're going to get it fixed. They're going to figure it out. But they don't. They don't. And then I hear people say, well, they made the Sweet 16 last year. Do you realize that's not an accomplishment for this program? You've just accepted the mediocrity of the last half decade. A Sweet 16 appearance used to be something completely different around here. It used to be a failure of a season. Now we celebrate them? Yeah, we're in decline here, guys, and it ain't new. It's been going on for a while. This is <laughs> this is the latter D'Antonio years. This is the Red Wings when they were so bad, but everyone's like, well, they increased the playoff streak by another season. They just keep making the playoffs. I'm, I'm happy with the streak. That's all Michigan State basketball has going. Hey, did you know we have the longest active NCAA tournament appearance streak? Quarter century. What an accomplishment. That's all anyone cares about. It's embarrassing. That's a fall from grace, man. It's humiliating. It's not what this program is about. This is about hanging banners. And they haven't put one up in a while. And we ain't about to start hanging banners for sweet 16 births. And the second we do is when I will say he either needs to retire or be forced into it. That ain't up to par here. The rafters of that building are densely populated because of the standards he set. And he ain't living up to them. I'll just say it again, real simple for you. Michigan State basketball, as we knew it, is dead because Tom Izzo killed it. How key uh, particularly were the offensive rebounds and second chance points that they got that stunned any momentum yeah. opportunities? I mean, you, you hold them, they don't score, and then they get 19 points on second chance points. I mean, that shouldn't happen to us, and it's my fault because I'm getting soft because I'm listening to too many people. So we're going to start practicing. Maybe I'll announce today we're going to get the shoulder pads out. We're going to get back to normal a little bit and quit worrying about all the lawyers and all the other people that I worry about and I'm just going to do what I do and that's what that's why I said this whole thing is my fault I'm my god are it. you still talking I don't believe a word of that that was all performative that was red meat for the fan base he was just giving the people what they wanted and he knows that gets him off the hook he knows when he mentions the glory years Everyone gets a little dopamine rush, and it's all okay. This program hasn't been that in a long time. But let's break down what he said. Quote, you hold them, they don't score, and they get 19 second chance points. That shouldn't happen to us. I'm getting soft. Maybe we'll get back to normal a little bit and quit worrying about the lawyers and get back to what I do. This whole thing is my fault. I'm taking the blame for it. Does that sound like someone who's sincerely accountable? This whole thing's my fault. 
he says. And the very next sentence is about how the world has changed and won't conform to what he wants and to his values. It's all my fault, but I'm going to figure it out. And then the very next words out of his mouth are a not-so-thinly-veiled tirade about the world getting, quote, soft because we expect more moderation out of people in positions of leadership now instead of the outright dictatorial approaches of the people is owed. I'm not going to say something FCC uncompliant. Instead of the dictatorial antics of some of Izzo's heroes, like the dearly and recently departed Bob Knight. Yeah, I don't really believe the accountability here, considering it's followed up by sarcasm. Not that it would make a difference, because he's been saying the same damn thing for four years now, and nothing has changed. Back after this break. On the streets and in the stadiums, here's where you can catch the game, 7.30 a.m., Next. Hey, it's Beanie. Join me at Alumni Hall in Eastwood Town Center Thursday from 4 to 6 for a live broadcast of Offensive Minded. Come out for swag, giveaways, and hard-hitting sports talk. Stay for the ultimate Spartan shopping experience. After the show, get photos and autographs from MSU football players Jordan Hall, Jacoby Winman, and Montori Foster. Get your holiday shopping done, too, with a 20% discount all night at Alumni Hall near the Apple Store in Eastwood Town Center. It's Offensive Minded with me, Beanie, live from 4 to 6 Thursday. Time is of the essence. Get your Detroit Lions pregame fix all season with nachos and kneecaps. The Lansing area's very own local Detroit Lions tailgate show. Presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason. Join yours truly, Beanie, from Offensive Minded on the game 7.30 a.m. And Brock Palmbush every week about two hours before kickoff. We cover all the Lions angles, player availability, matchups, outrageous Dan Campbell in-game decisions and audio, local ski mask sales, and everything else. Nachos and kneecaps presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason is also brought to you by Miller Lite. On Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ, and the game 730. Okay. Hope you stretched during that timeout. We're, We're back, back for, for more sports. sports. It's the game, 730 AM. Uh, I think I pulled a hammy. All right. Last segment. Take you to six o'clock here. All right. I'm going to go to Facebook now, catch up on some comments there. Actually, no, housekeeping first. We're about to do that. Let me remind you, tomorrow, 4 to 6, Offensive Minded is live from Alumni Hall by the Apple Store in Eastwood Town Center. So come out and see us for a live show. Obviously, you know, prizes, giveaways, swag, all that good stuff. And the show from 4 to 6. You can come post me up in person if you would like. That's all fun and games, hard-hitting sports talk there from 4 to 6 tomorrow. Stay afterwards for a bunch of cool stuff. For one, from 6 to 7.30, you can get your autograph and picture with three MSU football players, Jacoby Winman, Jordan Hall, and Montori Foster. It's free. You can also take advantage of a special holiday sale, 20% off your entire order tomorrow night at Alumni Hall. That's, again, by the Apple Store in Eastwood Town Center. So you can get some Christmas shopping done tomorrow. 20% off. That's a pretty good deal. That's one-fifth. My public school math is right. Come out tomorrow, 4 to 6, Alumni Hall for Offensive Minded, and then 6 to 7.30 after the show. Jacoby Winman, Jordy Hall, 
excuse me, Jacoby Winman, Jordan Hall, and Montori Foster from MSU Football, all there signing autographs, taking photos with you. That's for free, and you can get that nice 20% off discount. And don't forget, it's the last day of our Toys for Tots drive. What am I talking about? Well, the game 7.30 a.m., our local U.S. Marine Corps Reserve and the Salvation Army are teaming up once again to collect Toys for Tots this year because every child deserves to wake up to a new toy on Christmas morning. With your help, we'll make sure that's the case for every kid here in mid-Michigan. So through tomorrow, you can drop off a new unwrapped toy at any of the collection points, which include Alumni Hall, but also here at our studios, 3420 Pine Tree Road in Lansing, Blaine's Farm and Fleet by the Jackson County Airport, any of these three Hudson Inc. locations in Charlotte, Mason, or Williamston, or Mother and Earth Baby Boutique, that's 100 Cesar Chavez Avenue in Old Town. Members of the Marine Corps Reserve were working to distribute toys to underprivileged kids in mid-Michigan in mid-December. Together, we'll make sure every kid here has a Merry Christmas. And you can bring an unwrapped toy to donate to our Toys for Tots drive tomorrow to Alumni Hall when I'm broadcasting live there from 4 to 6. Hope to see you then. All right, now that business is taken care of, let's get out to Facebook. I'll catch up on some of your comments there on the decay and decline of Michigan State basketball. Robert says, Beanie, I appreciate you, but don't go too negative too early. Listen, man, I'm just calling it like I see it. This isn't a bit. This isn't shtick. And I ain't going to give you, you know, sunshine and lollipops. That's never who I've been. If you want that, that's available, I guess, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. or virtually any other sports radio program available to you. But you ain't going to get it here. You're going to get hard truths here. And yeah, some fun. Like my goal every day is to make you think critically, challenge the way you think about something, make you a little mad, but also to make you laugh. Some days I feel better about accomplishing all three than others. Today, I think I've done all three. If you disagree, that's fine. Just let me know. I am here for the feedback, honestly. But I feel pretty solid in the way I've approached this. I do. Michigan State basketball, as we once knew it, it's dead because Tom Izzo killed it. I don't see how you can argue with that. And so far, no one has successfully done that today. And that's not because I think you guys are inferior elocutors to me. No, it's because I'm right. Unfortunately, this is a truth, a hard one, but still true. And you know how I am when I'm right about something. I dig my heels in. And I know I'm right about this one. So until or unless Izzo makes some wholesale changes, get ready for more of this. An average, at best, college basketball program. And I know I'm right about it, so I'm digging my heels in. Promise you this, above all else, I'm going to be more obnoxious, more overbearing, and I'm going to make you all learn to love it. If you will. Okay, more comments here on Facebook. Kay says, if Izzo is not Izzo, he'd have been fired a long time ago. Just making, just making it to the tournament and not winning at all is nothing. I guess only certain coaches can get away with it. I don't think that's true, though, Kay. Like, how many coaches have been fired for not winning national championships? It, it doesn't happen all that often. I mean, Bill Self 
despite <laughs> rampant cheating, has only done it twice in like 15 years at Kansas. He hasn't been fired. John Calipari has done it once, and they haven't done anything in the postseason in like five years. He hasn't been fired. Brevin says a lot of hard truths here. I agree. And look, I don't get any joy in telling you how bad things are. I'm just calling it like I see it. I feel like that's my job. David says, I've been saying this. Izzo's best years are behind him. People love to give him excuses. He hasn't done anything lately. Hard to argue with that, too. You know why? Because it's true. A sweet 16 appearance is all that anyone defending Izzo has right now from last year. And the thing is, in the context of what he's built here, a sweet 16 appearance as the ultimate accomplishment for one season, (laughs) that used to be called something else around here. Used to be called a failed season, a failure. Now people are using it as some linchpin of success. That right there is all the evidence you need that this thing is dead. And it's been dead for a while. Another Facebook comment. Troy says, Beanie and the rest of you haters will will be celebrating the successes when they make another run in the tournament. I would love to be wrong. That's the thing, Troy. I'm not celebrating this. I would love, if I'm wrong and they run to a Final Four, I will do a whole show celebrating how wrong I am. I will have a funny little bit routine recorded and produced up with sound of me from today dunking on myself because I'll be happy. I'm just not too confident that's going to happen. By the way, Troy says, Beanie and the rest of you haters will be celebrating the successes when they make another run in the tournament. When they make another run in the tournament? They haven't made one in half a decade, Troy. It's been a minute. James says, maybe Izzo should spend less time on football and more on basketball. Noel, I think, is being sarcastic. He says, oh, yeah, well, you just wait till March. (laughs) Yeah. February, right? January, February, Izzo. Yeah, about that. Phil says, so perplexing, isn't it? This article Beanie wrote and the truth it speaks is hard to accept. At the end of the day, everyone, including the experts, based on rankings, had this team so overrated that it is now a concern. I said months ago, what if we're not good? It appears that we have regressed even more from last year with some increased experience. We have no real inside presence or a perceived threat, period. But it makes zero sense because they have the talent. If the excuse is to blame Izzo, then he is not getting the job done. Why? What will change? When? Maybe it's time to look at options for the greater good of the program before we see even more lackluster results. The brand and program is more important than one person. Dave says no freshman with any shooting abilities, even layups. Scott says most of the talent is really young. It takes time. Scott, the problem is not anywhere else but here. These five stars like Booker and Fears come into Kansas, North Carolina, those schools play right away and and look like, you know, starters, like contributors. Just not here. Now ask yourself why. Chris says, I just don't understand why they don't play Xavier Booker and Fears more. (laughs) that's tied to exactly what we just talked about. Steve says, where's the highly touted talent? Where's the highly touted talent on this roster? Mostly in his freshman class parked on the bench and potentially on the verge of redshirting. Yeah. Hard to disagree with that. 
I'm out of time for the day, it would seem. Yep, there's the music. Well, it's been fun. It's been real. Sorry the, the content hasn't been more uplifting today. But again, hard truths are truths nonetheless. This was necessary, and I knew you weren't going to get it anywhere else. So you're welcome is what I'm trying to say. Tomorrow will be more fun. If only because we'll be live at Alumni Hall in the Eastwood Town Center by the Apple Store from 4 to 6. Come out and see us. Prizes, giveaways, all that good stuff. And if you feel so inclined, bring an unwrapped gift to contribute to our Toys for Tots drive tomorrow. 4 to 6 at Alumni Hall. Be sure to stick around after 6 to 7.30. Jacoby Winman, Jordan Hall, Montori Foster will be there signing autographs, taking pictures with you, MSU football players. And be sure to take advantage of a 20% discount tomorrow all night long at Alumni Hall when we're there and beyond tomorrow night, okay? See you there. I would love to. Four to six, Alumni Hall by the Apple Store in Eastwood Town Center. Until then, be safe and be good. I'll take-